They were just astounding within the first year or two. We increased production by about 10%. Our costs were down by about 15% within, within that first 18 month period. Our environmental performance, we basically doubled everything. It was off by 100% of what we thought we could accomplish. And our major and minor safety incident rates were reduced by 60%. Welcome to another episode of our Continuous Improvement Podcast. I am Rick Hyland with RLG International. Our purpose is to provide current and future C-suite leaders the mindset, skill set, and tool set to become leaders of continuous performance improvement. And thank you, by the way, for all the recent downloads over the last month. Uh, some of our meeting management and trust and some of the other podcasts have really been uh, popular and appreciate your comments and support. Today, we're going to focus on part of the operating rhythm we've been talking about, and that is the monthly senior team review, or in other words, what are some of the effective practices of the monthly meeting for your senior team, or I might add any team. And you remember that we've been going through some of the statistics from Harvard Business Review that on average, we're in 62 meetings a month, and that a senior team is, is a senior executive is usually 50% of their time is spent in meetings. And then that glaring statistics we've been sharing is that 37% of all the meetings are considered to add no value. So we're trying to change that. And in the past few podcasts, we've been covering the proper cadence for meetings at the right levels and the right levels of each organization. In episode 18, Neil Longson helped us understand the right structure for daily meetings. And then in our most popular podcast in episode 17, Kevin Brown and Don Telfer helped us understand overall meeting organization and then a tie into boardwalks that connect the front line to the senior team. So in this episode, episode 20, we're going to prescribe the right meeting and leadership for high performance senior teams. We call it the monthly business review. What is a monthly business review? It is the key moment in which each leader has the opportunity to significantly influence performance and results. We call it the monthly business review. And a good monthly business review has four elements. Number one, it focuses on the key success factors of your business with a back to basics approach. Number two, it offers stand up accountability for the use of metrics to promote the right decisions for the right results. And number three, it involves the right level of the organization to improve performance. And number four, it has elements and shows elements of responding appropriately to reinforce behavioral change and promote sustainability. So we've asked two special guests to join us on this topic. Jim Bowser, uh, ex past executive with Marathon Oil and Baytex Corporation. And he's also a current member of RLG's Executive Advisory Council. And then one of our more experienced business unit leaders from Calgary, Alberta, Roger Lang, who uh, has seen many senior teams participate and uh, coached and led senior uh, executive business reviews. We'll ask both of them to comment on these four principles for highly effective senior teams and highly effective uh, business reviews. First, I'd like to welcome Jim Bowser to the podcast. Jim, welcome. How are you today and where are you today? Uh, Rick, I'm doing quite well. And I'm here in uh, Colorado for the summer. Oh, excellent. You've got some good weather and hopefully some good golf and some family time. Uh, Jim is a graduate from the University of Wyoming in Petroleum Engineering. He was a SVP with Marathon Oil Corporation in the North American Shale and also CEO of Baytex Corp in Calgary. Jim, I've asked you to join this part of the podcast because you're well known for having effective senior leader 
business reviews. Jim, uh, let's get into the content here. Why are senior business reviews important to you and, and for the success of a senior team? Well, Rick, in, you know, in some ways, uh, business reviews are everything. You, you know, you think about it, uh, if you were playing a football game and you didn't know how many points a field goal was worth or a touchdown and you only knew the score at the end of the game, you'd never know how to make adjustments. Uh, you wouldn't know what to tell your players, and it's not much as different in business. Um, and you wouldn't learn much either. So most importantly, business reviews are the measuring sticks to assure that you are on track to meet your annual goals uh, and ultimately achieve, achieve your long-term vision. Uh, but more importantly, they should also be designed to accomplish two key additional things. Um, business reviews provide a significant opportunity for you as a leader to motivate your team leaders. That's, a, that's the second point. And lastly, business reviews allow for corrective actions to be taken to change course or get back on course. Mm, great. I love the football analogy. And as a Nebraska Cornhusker fan, I know you're excited about the upcoming college football season, but those sports analogies do make sense. So, Jim, you and I started working together and somewhere in the 2000s time in Midland, Texas. And that's where you first start practicing senior level business reviews. And can you tell us that story and why it was so successful? Uh, that you, you've got it correct. It was back in, uh, I think, uh, 2001 or, or okay. thereabouts. But, uh, yeah, going back to that time when I first started uh, getting serious about it, I brought in uh, RLG International, whom, uh, as you well know, Rick, we'd worked uh, together briefly and with Brad and a few of your other uh, colleagues there in the past. Uh, and, and we had them, your team, uh, brought in to help design our monthly metrics for each asset division and all of our support functions yep. for what was a, a very large business unit. Um, your team also provided coaching to each of my leaders as well as myself. Um, and the coaching covered several areas but really focused on this positive motivation and how to use achieving your goals as ways to motivate people and around corrective action design. Um, I'll get into those specifics in a minute, but the results I want to highlight because that's the that's that's the, that's the big summary. Um, we're, they were just astounding within the first year or two. Um, we increased production by about 10%. Um, our costs were down by about 15% within within that first 18 month period. Our our environmental performance we had several metrics on that and we basically doubled everything. It was off by 100% of what we thought we could accomplish, and we oh. did accomplish that. Um, and our major and minor safety incident rates were reduced by 60%. I mean, the, the performance was just spectacular. Everybody was engaged um, about what they were doing. Um, and, and what was really neat was, as you compared it, our, our company had nine business units, and I was running what at the time was the second largest one. And after that full second year of results came in, so there was now a little bit of a trend, so you had the the kind of the pre-business review results, the first year partial results in a full second year. Um, it was just uh, our, our corporate team was, was frankly shocked. <laughs> um, you compared it to uh, the relative performance to the other business units and, 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 and performance compared to what, what was going on in the industry at the time because that, that's always a, a big factor. Um, it, was, it was spectacular. Yeah, well done and, uh, to the whole team, you and the whole team. And, Jim, we often say in our change management performance improvement business that we need a great leader for our, 
material or methodology to work. And uh, you picked this up and uh, by yourself later on practiced this for 15 plus years with excellence. So that's why I really wanted to pick your brain on this topic for other up and coming or existing leaders to kind of jump on this uh, idea. So Jim, what is the leader's role in driving successfully successful monthly business reviews? Well, you know, the, the first thing that, that was helpful for me, I was excited about it. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was relatively new at running a large organization. So I don't, I'd only been in it about in that type of level of a job a, a year. So I was a little bit hungry for how do, how do, you know, how do we perform? How do we make things tick? Um, and that led to kind of the first key point I'm going to make here is take it dead seriously. Okay. I wanted this to work and I wanted it to work for everybody. And I took it dead seriously. I didn't know any other way, and I wanted this way to work. Um, don't get me wrong. Serious doesn't, doesn't equate to being mean or unreachable or those Good kind of point. things. Indeed, most of the people would say that, you know, I, I enjoyed work and made it fun for others. Um, but we had every team establish metrics uh, for the year, broke those down monthly for each of, each team, each division, and we would review those goals quickly every single month, but in detail for every team together, yep. uh, month by month. Um, another way to say it is, is you know, I was prepared uh, because I took it seriously. I was prepared, so I was I was ready with this coaching I had received to hand out those accolades anytime anybody did something great, exceeded some sort of major milestone, or just achieved their monthly metrics. We were gonna have a tiny little celebration right then and there about it. And those that didn't, uh, you know, there was the other side of that coin. And what it was was, you know, kind of either, hey, your team is doing great, uh, and I'm really looking forward to the next month. Please pass along my congratulations to everybody, and I'm going to swing by and talk to some of your people that uh, you've highlighted that uh, did real well this month. Mm. Or it was okay, you know, you're behind and you've got to get caught up, caught up. You know you're supposed to have a plan ready. Let's go through that right now. Wow, Jim. Um, <laughs> and and you just stick with it. Yeah. Well, you've just given us so many nuggets. I want to follow up on a couple of them. But okay. I hope our listeners are just jotting down notes. If you want to be a change management or performance improvement leader, start with enthusiasm, hunger, curiosity, take it seriously, be prepared, make it fun. And then that last one you gave us on about following up one-on-one -on -one with folks in the department that were showing excellence, they're going to wonder what, what the heck's management talking about in that meeting? This is good stuff. So, Jim, let's follow up on a couple of those points. Now, first of all, how do you, how do you make it fun? How do you keep it fun? Well, you know, one of the things we introduced after a while was, um, you know, in order to prepare for the year, you have to kind of put it in some sort of time frame you know you break it down in monthly some 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 teams took it a step further and broke it down weekly where they would need to have weekly meetings with their teams but uh, uh, when we started we, we would you know we had to do something annually to kind of get ready for this and talk about what it was and so uh, we would set our goals and outline those metrics uh, for each team for each month and and I tried to have our HR department or some uh, one of the team members that was kind of excited about we need to add something to this, you know, just have something simple like add a, a little game in part of it for the, you know, at lunchtime or 
uh, at the evening dinner you might have or something like that, we would uh, bring in a, a discussion of a book to the process. Maybe would be one of the things people would, had read something and they wanted to share that, or you would uh, share that collectively and pick a book to read and, and be prepared for, to talk about that a little bit. People enjoyed that. You know, it was a learning experience for them. Um, you know, the game might be uh, a, a quick name that movie game that you can look up and uh, or you know on occasion we had this uh, two truths and a lie you can't play that all the time but where one person would state three things about themselves and the rest of us would try to guess which one wasn't true Um, that's a pretty fun little thing to do so you can you can be creative and think of things and people will have ideas but you need to do something let everybody know hey we're in this together we're not trying to find ways to place blame we're trying to find ways to win yeah um and on occasion uh one of the things we would do to change it up a little bit is is we would bring in someone from outside our business unit uh to just talk about their business uh what they're doing how's it going how does it work um uh, and people were just interested in that they might be transferred into that business someday so that there's there's a variety of ways to to make it educational and 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 have a little fun with it yeah, and I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, later on you brought some industry people in and that kind of thing as well. But let's go back to one of the first ones, favorite movie. What You, you had one, military movie? Oh, yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's what it was. Nice. Yeah, yeah those were some. I uh, use that as one of the uh, uh, leadership. I don't know. Yeah, leadership yeah. teaching moments. Yeah, so I would participate too and think of something that uh, we would talk about. And we, we I had picked a segment of that movie. Uh, where they were trying to map out what they were going to do, and the leader knew some key things uh, to get his team motivated to ultimately achieve the goal of what they were trying to do, and it was summarized in part of the movie in about, I don't know, a four- or five-minute clip, yeah. maybe less than that. Uh, so, you know, things like that. That was a good example, too, you bet. Yeah, keep it fun, keep it educational, keep it fresh. Very good. Yeah. Okay, so one of the other issues with business reviews is some of the departments have a hard time finding the right measure, meaningful metrics that drive the right behaviors and actions. What coaching would you give to people that are uh, struggling with that? Well, the, the, the coaching I'm going to talk about here is, is a really a story. It's, it's a good one. At the, at the beginning of when we started all this, we did have a few people struggle with just trying to establish metrics, mm-hmm. you know, hard KPIs. Um, and we were doing it for you know, the asset teams, the set business segments, and all the support segments, IT, HR, were all coming up with metrics to measure how well they were doing and how well they were going to do during the year. And, and the, frankly, the asset teams were fairly easy because they had production targets and expense targets and safety and uh, environmental and uh, other key study goals to get done. Um, but some people did struggle, and, and uh, our IT manager, uh, Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Mike, Mike was just a great guy. He took this seriously. He was going to find metrics, and he did. And he just developed some of the best uh, KPIs you'd ever have for a service organization, which we later spread through out other organizations in Marathon and within our business teams there uh, at uh, at the business unit I was running. And we had an asset manager who was struggling with it. And he kept coming back talking about, you know, uh, you know, is this do you need to go further than this? And I'm struggling with why we would want to do this, and I don't really know what a good metric would be. And I just said, just, you know, what a kind of a learning lesson. They said, well, we're we're helping each other here. Why don't you go work with one of our service organizations because they've got this figured out. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, he's taken aback a little bit by that, that here's one of the key 
asset teams that's delivering the product that we we sell as a company, um, and, and he's getting he's getting support from uh, one of the support groups that's really got it figured out. So it was a bit embarrassing, and uh, it, but he worked through it quite nicely. And in the end, it can be done. Uh, you you got to get to the point where you say yes. I'm going to make this work, and, and, and it'll be easy for you It's good because it's a good way to run a business. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't think our friend Mike Michaelis would mind us mentioning his name. In fact, I'll forward the podcast to him afterwards. It was just a inspiring example of how to find meaningful metrics in maybe a difficult-to-measure area. And if I remember right, the whole IT department for Marathon later on picked up some of the metrics uh, going yep. back to corporate, right? That is uh, correct. Yeah. So anyhow, great example of leadership by Mike. Um, okay. So speaking of leadership, I can't, I, while we're together, I, I need to ask you this, you know, Jim, your passion, enthusiasm for learning and leadership uh, and leading teams. What advice would you give to new leaders coming up in the ranks uh, to help them be more effective? Well, you know, you know, the old saying, you won't get anywhere if you don't know where you're going. And that is just so absolutely true. So the first thing is, is define annually your improvements, your goals, your targets, your KPIs, metrics, whatever you want to call them, and break those down into measurable metrics for each month. At a high level, that's the minimum you need to do. And for those metrics for each month, for each team. Um, Get yourself prepared. Know what they are. You're going to see... Uh, measures along the way during the month, during the quarter, however you've got it broken on. So you you can be prepared for those moments to reward people, uh, praise people, and ask for those corrective action, corrective course correction plans to be outlaid right there. So meet collectively, collectively with your team leaders and go through those targets, each one of them. Um, and be ready to praise those successes. That's that is number one, and be looking for those successes. More importantly, get out ahead of it and try to find out where they're at. Um, and where you are behind, expect your leader is going to give you a plan to get caught up. Let them know that that's you know that's going to be part of the discussion right then. It isn't you know we're trying to improve and move on. We're not looking for a place to to lay blame. Um, and don't hesitate to mix it up with a few little fun things in there every once in a while or every time, depending on, you know, how comfortable you are with it and your team is. So, uh, but don't ever get off those monthly metrics. That That's that's the key. Yeah, consistency. And to your point too, Jim, this can actually save you time as a leader. Your time is so valuable, but if you can collect your senior team once a month and build that stand-up, bottom-up accountability, it actually ends up saving you time. And then they're clear. They're, they own the results, and they're chasing it during the month with their teams. And we often say in RLG that leadership is a series of moments or can be defined in a moment. And a monthly business review can help you, uh, you really manage your business and save you a lot of time. Uh, any comment on that, Jim? You know, the, the time thing is a, is a huge yeah. is a huge point. I, I didn't really emphasize it, and you did there. But uh, just, to, just to highlight that one more time, it, it's shocking the amount of extra time you'll have after that because – yet you have time to think about strategy because yeah. your teams are doing their jobs. They'll feel more empowered because you don't yes. need to be in their business. And when you are, you're typically looking for something positive. Yeah. 
you know the negative is going to require some work to define what needs to be done for corrective actions, repair, whatever you want to call it. And you give them that time to do it. But your time to find people doing things right is huge. And once that starts to build motive, momentum, uh, it, it really starts to affect the culture. Yeah, well said. Catch people doing things right, and then it'll give you more time to work on the strategy or strategic part of the business, which we get so caught in the urgency trap these days and the, that we don't have enough time to do that. So great emphasis there. So, Jim, before I let you go, anything else on business reviews or continuous improvement you want to comment? A couple things. Be realistic when you start. Okay. You don't have to build massive detail and systems and computers. All, all that will come with time. Okay. Uh, you know, you want to set your teams up. Don't make things incredibly easy. You're running a, a business, so you can't just – you can't just uh, make things to the point to where you're not improving at all. But you know, you want your you want to set your teams up to win, um, and praise the heck out of them publicly so they know that. Uh, you know, after three three consecutive months of mine, I started doing quarterly reviews uh, in a a town hall video when I'm, and every all employees were invited. Not all could attend, but uh, the majority of the entire staff-level employees were attending these quarterly then meetings where we would very quickly summarize how the business was. Don't get into a bunch of numbers. Get into some, just enough. You said, that's really not what you're not what you're not what you're there for. Uh, then you can start going through those specific examples of either teams or individuals and brag about how somebody met their quarter, their monthly annual, whatever you know, the, 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 the meeting happened to be about. And I tell you what, over time, you continue to do that. All of our teams wanted to have their team talked about. They wanted to have completed something special every quarter, every six months, every year, whatever it was. Huh. And that next year, staff-level people started feeling like winners. Nice. Team leaders started feeling like winners. And then we're setting down to set goals, and they're getting more aggressive with goal setting themselves and yeah. more enthusiastic about it. And they knew they could do better. They wanted to do better, and it just it just built on itself. And when, when you build a culture like that, you're going to have continuous improvement defined within. Yeah. Uh, there's another old saying that says, culture eats systems for lunch, and it does. Um, and then you can improve your system because everybody will be working on it together. So that would be my last little piece of uh, advice. Jim, thanks for your example and thanks for your passion and enthusiasm and your time today. I really appreciate you helping us understand the executive perspective. Have a great day. All right. Thank you very much, Rick. Our next guest is Roger Lang from RLG International. Roger is a vice president and business unit leader with RLG with almost 30 years experience in a variety of industries across Canada U.S. and Europe. Roger, welcome to the podcast. How are you today and where are you today? Hi, Rick. I'm doing very well. I'm in the second warmest day of Calgary for the summer in my hometown. I'm glad to be home today. I know you've been traveling hard and serving our clients all over, so I appreciate you making the time today. As you know, we're talking about business reviews today, and you are one of the most experienced guys on leading senior teams, so I wanted to get your insights. So, Roger, what makes a great senior team business review. 
Thanks, Rick. My best senior business reviews mirror many of the things that Jim Bowser has already talked about. I particularly like his call to take those moments seriously. Yes. In doing so, a leader demonstrates respect for the work of the participants, and I think it's a real opportunity to help them see the connections between their individual work or their teamwork and the demonstrated progress towards a set of prioritized outcomes. But I think there's even a little bit more. I love in this business review process to see evidence of what I call the great reversal occurring when leaders and teams come to meet to review their business. For much of the time in organizations and town halls and company updates, the focus is on the leader reporting to the organization, summarizing the promises and progress, the risks and failures and perhaps of the, of the organization. But different re business reviews are different in kind. Here the leader listens before they talk and the individuals and the team promise holders have an opportunity to say, here's my promise, here's my progress, here's the risks I see and the requests I have. This reversal is critical. I think it illustrates and confirms that accountability has fallen into the right hands of men and women who are saying, you can count on me for costs, for quality, for innovation, for collaboration and step change. It's in these business reviews that they all, this whole community of people take stock of what has been done and what needs to be done to ensure superior and sustainable results. Now transitions are hard and sometimes they take time, but accountabilities are more often talked about than demonstrated. It takes courage to be held to account in front of our peers and in front of our leaders. However, when it happens and these same initially nervous individuals find their voice and can speak honestly about their contribution, we all can see the confidence take shape and watch them find their voice. Then the challenge becomes different. We have to get them to stop talking as opposed to begging them to talk. Yeah, well said, Roger. Love that idea of the great reversal, the bottom-up accountability reporting. And something that you've talked about for many years, this idea of you can count on me for, and that's individual's opportunity to articulate that and uh, commit and, and find true accountability. Well done. So we all know, Raj, that this doesn't work without great leadership, and uh, you are a preeminent thinker on leadership. What is the leader's role in driving high-quality monthly business reviews? Well, those who know me will not be surprised that I think there's three moves that a leader can make to ensure this business process is meaningful for everyone in the room. And in this investment of time and talent, you want it to be a moment that participants take as seriously as the leader and look forward to these moments and their chances to tell these stories. But the leader by himself or herself can do three things. The first thing, perhaps the most important thing the leader can do is to be sure to ask good questions. Mm -hmm. Good questions are the most unused tool in a leader's toolkit. Now for me, a good question is a question that reveals something that I or you or the group may not know. And they don't have to be complex to be good. I think leaders can ask simple questions like this. What are you learning? What do we need to learn? What is different than you expected? What needs to be different to accelerate the early gains? What's getting in your way? What help do you need? The longest question in that list is nine words. Yes. Ask more questions. The second thing a leader can do to help a business review is to celebrate success wherever possible. Jim talked about that in his own very engaging way already. 
Progress is hard. It's never automatic and probably involves a lot of people's hard work. It's hard to shift a needle. It's hard to change a process to achieve any change. But in these moments, a leader has the opportunity to say to this individual, to this team, I know it, I see it, and I appreciate it. Often all a leader needs to do is to be sure that those participants understand that you see what's been accomplished and ensure that the contributor hears a sincere and informed thank you. So important. Mm -hmm. The last of the three moves a leader can make is to connect the pieces into a larger whole. I say to leaders, look for opportunities to turn best practices into common practices. That's a word, a phrase you use, Rick. Mm -hmm. And look for ways to take emerging ideas that when connected together might make a larger outcome possible. The other thing that comes apparent listening to, and not a surprise that you have three things, Raj, but <laughs> the leader is talking less and listening more in your three things. So I appreciate yeah. you. That, and we this is part of the reversal that you talked about. It's not about the yeah. leader pumping them up or the rant. It's about listening to them and them being accountable and then being recognized and, and ask good questions. So great. Yeah. But, Raj, I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you another leadership question. I know you've been spending a lot of time the last few years on turnarounds and turnaround improvement, shutdown improvement. What's the leader's role in achieving great turnarounds? Well, well the thing that I'm encouraging my clients, uh, wherever we do turnaround work, is to expect more okay. and to make the more clear to all. You know, in, in much of the good work I see, I still see too much caution and a tendency was simply staying out of trouble. I'd love to see more TA leaders ask, what might it take to be perfect? What might it take to deliver measurable step change in safety, in learning, in collaboration between ops and maintenance and TAs? I'd like to see more engagement with the contracting community and a generous and humble acceptance of this contractor's best practices and emerging practices, their new processes, their organization's learnings. I'd like to see TA leaders be expand their view of success beyond duration and cost and safety to a slightly larger and I think richer question of what it would take to deliver a phenomenal outcome. And once you settle on those answers, ask for it early and measure progress along the way. Oh, Raj, there's so much to unpack there, but let's spend a couple minutes on the, a couple of things you mentioned in there. The first one, and we see this all the time, the caution about uh, just hitting target or um, being as good as last time and people being nervous to overcommit. That, that is real, and there's lots of reasons why. What would you coach a turnaround leader or someone involved there on why they should be a little bolder. What What's in it for them for being bold? I, I think what's in it for them being bold is that they're going to tap into the untapped energy that already exists in their organizations. I think leaders are too often afraid of pressing into the organization for fear of what they might find. And what we find, you and I have seen it many times, Rick, around the world, is that the organization is often waiting to be liberated and to reach into their bottom drawer and say, I've had an idea sitting here for a long time that can take a shift off this turnaround. Or I see an idea to eliminate that particular piece of work. I see a way to resequence that kind of work. And the combined impact of those tiny little ideas and sometimes those big ideas can be the underpinnings of a step change in the organization. So I say to leaders, go look for it. Tell them what you want 
and see what ideas they've got to offer into that outcome. Untap everybody and be bold. Those are words you yeah. use often and regularly yeah. for the last 30 years. So, Raj, also, we've been talking the last few podcasts, capital projects, turnaround, trust, all these topics, and it is around contracting and partnerships with your contractors. Most of this work is done with contractors, and yet we don't see powerful contracting practices in place. And I know you have been involved with some there where we have done that. I'm, I'm thinking of Chilling, who's been on our earlier episode. What, what coaching would you give to folks if you unpack that one a little bit more? What, what should we be doing to develop these deeper contracting partnerships? Well, first of all, and Chilling is the, the finest example that I've seen of the work that he and Shell did on the AO4 project. Yep. Uh, I, I think it begins with imagining what success would look like. And in their case, it was imagining how the confluence of those two contractors and that company together could put the best in each of them. They didn't build a joint venture. They built an alliance. Mm. And the difference is in the words there is a bringing together of all that worldwide capability. And they did it not only in process, but they did it in people. And they were so serious about it that any one of the three parties said, if we bring a supervisor in or a contributor in that violates the underpinnings of this alliance, we're going to change them out. That is, that is unusual. Yes. That is courageous. And they delivered an outstanding result as a consequence of it. I love your wording there. The alliance, uh, that, that means a lot, Raj. Thanks for your insights there. So. Let me uh, have you summarize with a couple thoughts as we look to the future. What advice do you have for current or future C-suite leaders on how to lead in the future? So my same advice for a leader or for a follower or any human being I meet along the way, and it is this. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. <laughs> Each human being has unique capabilities, and I love to have those conversations with leaders or line workers or shift supervisors or block coordinators to identify that core strengths or that combination of core, core strengths that have been proven over time. And those are the strengths that lead to their appointment in various aspects around the organization and I encourage them to make sure they build on those strengths, one, and then two, surround themselves with others who have complementary skills and then work intentionally to align that collected set of skills around a step change opportunity and work together to make that ambition a reality. Be yourself, be your strengths, find others with complementary strengths, align them, combine them, move together. And I think when that happens, interesting results will happen. Step change results will happen. And those step change results can be sustainable over time. Well said, Roger Lang, be yourself. Everybody else has already taken. Raj, really appreciate your insights on leadership, business reviews, and uh, hope you have a great day. Great. Thanks so much, Rick. Really appreciate the opportunity. What a great podcast. This has been Episode 20, Effective Leadership of Your Senior Team. Special thanks to Jim Bowser and Roger Lang for joining us on this podcast. Really appreciate them taking their time. Did you feel of their enthusiasm and passion, passion relative to this topic? We focused on uh, what a leader could do to lead a successful monthly business review um, you know this application can happen to a small team out in the region or in the head office uh, we talked about that there's not enough time for a leader to do everything that there is in a day and that we're wasting time in meetings 
So this idea of a monthly business review is a key moment that can be highly leverageable for performance, results, culture change, et cetera, et cetera. And this idea of the stand-up, bottom-up accountability that uh, monthly business review drives. I just love Jim's insights on uh, everything he said, but really about you know what it takes for a leader to lead a successful initiative like this. Too many leaders that we uh, work with or see in business today wait and see if their staffer can make it successful or wait and see if the consultant can make it successful and then jump all in. But we know that the step change creates when a leader really jumps in. And as Jim said, listen to the adjectives of successful leadership of a business review that Jim talked about. Be excited, be enthusiastic, be hungry, be curious, take it seriously, be prepared, make it fun, and then follow up one-on-one. Jim was fully invested to make this successful. And then you heard the results that he talked about. And Roger, you know, one of our preeminent thinkers on leadership and been practicing business review for over 25 years with his clients all over the world, talked about very some very interesting things. But the power of the open-ended question. If you have this uh, business review set up successfully, the accountability is there. The results should be clear and evident. The action plan should be clear and evident. And all the leader needs to do is ask powerful open-ended questions for learning, for follow-up, to create enthusiasm and ownership. And then I love the way Roger said, the great reversal. So we're changing this from the financial person reporting the results or the leader reporting the results to the employees reporting their results, their accountabilities in very specific measurable terms. It just completely turns upside down the organization and makes it, uh, it creates for the very first time in many organizations, real ownership and real accountability. Um, So the benefits, just to summarize of these monthly business review. One, you heard Jim talk about it, it improves the bottom line results. Two, it improves ownership. And then it gets real accountability in a very positive way. Anyhow, thanks for spending some of your precious time with us on this podcast. Please subscribe and share this podcast with industry professionals. Let's all make a step change in meeting and team effectiveness. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.